Hey guys, welcome to Ball Down South Sports Wave. Today we're going to be doing our game day pick 'em for week three. Um, so far, on the uh, pick 'em shows that me and John game day pick 'em one and two. So far, John, we are both. Um, actually, you are one game ahead of me, John. You are. We done eleven the first week and twelve last week, and uh, you are twelve and eleven, and I'm eleven twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm five hundred. Yeah, yeah, you're twelve and eleven, and I'm and I'm eleven and twelve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you then need, you need to get on the stick. Yeah, I'm one game behind you. On, on the game day pickums, and then um, we are doing some uh, a runyourpool.com. We're doing a runyourpool.com for just us between me and John, and then we're doing one with fans. The one with just us again, you are one game ahead of me. Um, we've done. 20, we do 13 games a week, and in the games itself, you are exactly 500, and I'm one game back. You're 13 and 13, I think, and I'm one game back. So, we're right there together, but you're still beating me by one in both of them. <laughs> so, so you need to get on the stick is what, what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I need, I need to... <laughs> I need to up my game just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. And then the fan pool, man, there's a guy. His name is Get Yourself Tailored, number two. Um, not sure who he is, but. I'm I'm not sure either yet. I'm going to have to look him up because both weeks he's went five and one. We, we, we only do six games in the fan pool. I mm -hmm. thought six games would be a little bit easier to do. Um, yeah, with fans keep, instead keeping of keeping up with yeah, yeah, just instead of trying to do twelve or thirteen games or whatever. So, but both weeks this cat's five and one. Um, he is ten and two, um, and and leading um, the standings. So, uh, you know, we got we got some work to do. I think you're. I, I think I think I'm fifth or sixth, something like that. Yeah, and I'm one. Again, I'm one game behind you. I think you're two or three games behind him, and I'm one game behind you in that poll. Mm -hmm. um, but or in that pool, I mean. But uh, maybe we'll have to if he keeps on and keeps going five and one in these things. Maybe we'll have to figure out who he is and and give him a give him a t-shirt or yeah, get him on the show or or yeah, whatnot. Yeah, the winner of this will try to get a t-shirt. There's a standings yeah. each week. So the winner of this, I know we're going to try to do a T-shirt, and we'll also try to get them on this podcast and, as a special guest um, mm. and uh, and let them be a part of a show or a segment or something like that. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to get into our week three picks. We're going to have to – I'm going to have to do a little bit better anyway, so <laughs> – um, we're going to get into our week three picks. Our week three picks are going to start with a Friday game tomorrow night. 
interesting game too. Yeah, we're doing this on Thursday evening, so um, this game is tomorrow night. It's Florida State at Louisville tomorrow night, and the last I seen, and this has probably changed today. I haven't had time, but the last I seen, it had Louisville as a one-point favorite at home. I'm kind of surprised by that, to be honest. Now, that was late yesterday evening, so I really haven't had time to look. I've been busy today, so um, I'm just going to go with what I looked at yesterday. It was a it was a, uh, a one-point favorite for Louisville. Now, I don't mm-hmm. believe it actually opened at that. I believe it opened um, about a two-point spread for Florida State, and it's been it was bet to a one-point favorite for Louisville. So we'll go with that, and we'll see what you what you think about that. Um, I'll be honest. I, I'm really in favor of Florida State this game. You know, everybody's going to look at them rolling up against the Kane like that wasn't a big deal, but – you know, they stepped it up against LSU, a pretty decent SEC team. Um, and Louisville's defense has been not real good on third downs. Um, you know, in Florida State, I think they finally have an offensive line it can rely on. Um, I think they've just allowed three tackles for loss in the first two games of the year. So the running game's there. Um, you know, Travis, their quarterback, is really good. Um in my opinion, Louisville's going to have to win this game with Malik Cunningham. You know, he's going to have to show up. He has to be the best player on the field. Um, he struggled last week against UCF, um, but he did have 121 yards and a score. Um, last year, he ran for two touchdowns in the win over Florida State. And, you know, he's going to have to make some plays down the field. Um, he's going to have to do most of it because I feel like he's the main cog of that offense. Um, now if you get the UCF version of Louisville, um, they, they have a chance at winning, but if you get the version of that showed up at Syracuse, Florida state can win this game by two or three touchdowns. So I don't know which Louisville teams want to show up. Don't know how their defense is going to be, how their offense is going to come out. Um, but I'm going to give the edge to Florida state and, I'm just going to I'm going to go another route with this. I'm just going to say it's a pick 'em game for me because you know, I don't know which way to go. It just it all depends on how Louisville comes out and plays. You just don't know which Louisville team you're going to get. Well, one point favorite really is a pick 'em game, really. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and my thing with this, you know, you're talking about Malik Cunningham, you know, he he does have that kind of talent. I just don't think he showed it so far this this year in two games. Um, you know, they they got blown out by Syracuse, thirty-one to seven. He played really bad, had two interceptions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just a little bit over a hundred yards, I think, throwing that night. And um, this past week, you know, I mean, he stepped it up a little bit, but it wasn't. I mean, he he still hasn't played a game that I think. Malik Cunningham is capable of playing, if that makes any sense to you. It does, yeah. Um, You know, and Florida State, you know, so far, they've been kind of a ground-and-pound team. Um, You know, they've got some pretty good running backs, two or three of them. First game against Duquesne, it was a pretty big ordeal because three of them went over 100 yards. 
Um, but, you know, I'm thinking that Florida State's going to try to just run the ball down the throat probably. Um, yeah, and, and Louisville's not real good at stopping the run. They they haven't been in the past. So right. um, it's going to be a challenge for Louisville and how they attack that Florida State offense. Louisville come back and surprised them and beat them last year. Um, and this time Florida State's going to their place. Mm-hmm. You know, I I really wasn't that high on Florida State to begin with, but I, you know I I think the LSU team that they beat is a pretty decent team. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think LSU is LSU of old, but you know I think that LSU team has the capabilities of winning seven or eight ball games. They do, and. And, you know, what's surprising is if Florida State wins this game, there's a good chance that they could be ranked for the first time since 2018 when it comes Sunday morning when the polls come out. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Florida State just because they have the most impressive win. It is a pick em game. Um, one point is pretty much a pick em game. So, I'm going to go with Florida State just to be a little different, you know, and, and we'll and we'll see if I gain a game on you or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our next game is a SEC game. Um, it's Georgia is going to South Carolina. You know, South Carolina's had a pretty um, tough schedule so far, um, and they get Georgia, who just went bumped up to number one in the AP poll this mm-hmm. past, this past yeah. week. Um, and they are, they're favored. The last I seen, they were favored by 25 and a half points. Yeah. I, I'll tell you something. Who's playing better right now than Stetson Bennett? You know, I mean, he's back to last year. And the answer to that is nobody, nobody. Maybe you look at USC's Caleb Williams. that's playing right now. He He's doing pretty good, but, other than that, you know, Stetson Bennett might be the, one of the best quarterbacks in the country right now. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely on the Heisman watch list, that's for sure. He is, and and I'll be honest with you, South Carolina, you know, they're not a bad football team, but the showing so far have proven that that they that they are bad. And you know, they ha- they they're pretty good against the pass, um, but they're getting absolutely demolished on the ground yeah um georgia state averaged five yards per carry um i think arkansas was had close to 300 yards and five scores last week um and georgia hasn't even cranked it up the ground game yet and i don't i don't think they'll have to because i think bennett has enough weapons on offense to make this uh a blowout to be honest i i just don't think South Carolina is going to stay in this game very long. I think they'll make some plays early. I think they'll push to Georgia secondary. But overall, I just don't think Rattler and that offense has enough firepower to to make it work. Um, you know, South Carolina, the, big, the biggest problem South Carolina is having right now is on third downs on both sides of the ball. They can't get, they can't get off the field. And their defense has not been great at all. And you're not. And when you can't win the turnover margin, you're going to have a hard time pulling pulling a game off and beating a number one team in the country. I'm 
Um, so I don't, I don't see South Carolina hanging this game now. We said that what a couple of years back, and they went into Athens and beat Georgia. So, you know, there's there's always that one weekend that you can possibly have an upset, but I just don't think it's going to be this weekend. Do they cover twenty five and a half? I think they do. So you think they stay within twenty five and a half? I think Georgia does. I think I just don't see oh, South Carolina. Georgia, you think Georgia covers? I think Georgia covers. Yes, that's yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Yeah. I just don't think South Carolina has enough weapons and enough firepower to to hang in this football game. Well, so, you know, here's my thing. Okay, there's there's only one team in the country who has not given up a touchdown yet. Do you know who that is? Georgia. Georgia. That's the only team in the country who has not given up a single touchdown yet. And they played Oregon, a top 10 team in the preseason, the first game of the year. So is Oregon better than South Carolina? You know, I'm not, that's kind of a rhetorical question. Um, but, you know, Oregon got beat 49 to three. So, you know, I, in my mind, I'm going back and forth and I'm thinking, you know, if Oregon played South Carolina, you know, what kind of game would it be? You know, um, I'm going to have to go with Georgia in this game and cover the spread as well. I just don't see – I know it's at South Carolina. I know the fans will be crazy early on um, and trying to get South Carolina uh, going in this game. But, you know, Georgia's defense – South Carolina ain't played a, a team like Georgia. You know what I mean? No, they, they, they played Georgia State and Arkansas, which Arkansas. that's no – that's no knock on Arkansas. Arkansas is a good football team, but you're, you're going up against the upper echelon of the SEC now. And, you know, Georgia's a different animal compared to what you face in the first two games. And I, I haven't been sold yet on the Spencer Rattler. I haven't either. I mean, he's not a bad quarterback. I mean, he's, he's made some plays. Um, you know, even last week he made some plays, but a lot of that stuff was in garbage time. You know, yeah, it was. Arkansas yeah. was already ahead about two or three scores and he made some plays early. He, his, his turnover situation is what needs to fix. He, I think he threw what two picks last week. Yeah. Um, he just wasn't very, he just wasn't very accurate and wasn't really good in the pocket. Right. All right, so we're going to go on to our next game. Our next game is going to be a big rivalry game. Um, we're going to go with Oklahoma going to the Scott Frostless Nebraska team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, of course, they fired their coach this week, um, and they're going to have uh, interim coach there this week. Oklahoma, the last I had seen – it had been bet up to a 15-point spread. Now, it started at 11, and I actually seen it at one time down to 10. Um, so I'm not sure where you want to, you know, where you want to put it at. But I, the last I seen yesterday evening was, was a 15-point spread for Oklahoma. This is a game that's very interesting to me. You know, you've got the old school – um, Big 12 rivalry. Um, you know, 
it's going to be at Nebraska. You don't know how they're going to come out, you know, even with, with Scott Frost gone. Um, you know, something that's very interesting to me, the Huskers are converting 60% of the third down tries. That's pretty good offensively. Yeah. And Casey Thompson is not a bad quarterback um, for Nebraska. They got some playmakers. Um, you know, the ground game hasn't been bad. Um, so I think this game will be close early. I think Nebraska's fans are going to be jacked up because, you know, every, because of everything going on. Um, and I just, you know, I think this game will be won on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Oklahoma has been really good the last two games. Um, they've been a terror in the backfield over the first, over the first two games against Kent, Kent State and UTEP. Um, you know, now I'll say this, you know, Oklahoma is under a new coaching staff and, you know, they haven't really had to do a lot so far offensively. Um, I don't even think they'll have to do much crazy in this game. I, I think if they just do their old ways of playing football and just being clean and doing what they always done, I, I believe they'll win this game. But I'll tell you, uh, my confidence is just not in Nebraska right now. But my confidence is high that this will be a closer game than normal. Um, usually when you lose a coach like that, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, down, downtime and, you know, the players are down, the fan base is down. Um, but I feel like this is going to be a jacked up crowd and, and they're going to get behind their players. Um, even with the loss of Scott Frost. Um, but at the end of the day, Oklahoma wins this football game. Um, I don't even think Oklahoma covers the spread. Um, I think it'll be somewhere between 33 to to 20, 13 point win. Um, I don't think it'll be over 15, in my opinion. Okay. I think this will be a close game early on. I well, I think and Nebraska might even go up seven to nothing. Um, you know, and put some, you know, not really fear. I wouldn't call it fear. Some pressure. Some pressure on Oklahoma. And see what how Oklahoma responds. They haven't really had pressure all year, right. and let's just see how they respond with a new coaching staff and see how see how they react to it. Well, here's what I'll say about Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma really hasn't played anybody yet. <clears throat> Not. Oh, really. they haven't. No. You know, so you know they've looked great, but you know they really haven't played anybody yet. Nebraska, you know, has played a couple of you know pretty decent decent teams. Not spectacular teams but pretty decent this mm-hmm. past week you know losing losing the sunbelt game that they lost this past week was kind of the backbreaker for scott frost um you know i think that um the guys will probably rally around this new interim coach i seen today where he is um changing and swapping two of the assistant coaches and and giving them, you know, each other's job and like making some moves. Um, so, you know, Nebraska is going to come out. They are Nebraska. I also seen where they have, they have 385 straight sellout crowds at home. 
That's amazing, ain't it? With they, with the way the way they've been down the last what three or four last, years? What you know, twelve years, ten, twelve years they've been down for most of it. Um, and the last six years they hadn't even made a bowl game. So, you know, um, to continue to sell out the crowd that they do, I mean, Nebraska's hungry for a winner, like they were for you know twenty plus twenty five years, um, and um, I, you know, <clears throat> with the point spread being 15, it is kind of that's that's right in the line. I don't think Oklahoma is going to go in there and and wipe them out or nothing. Um, you know, it's not going to be a 45 to 13 score or something like that. You know, I think it's probably. I mean, you're pretty close. You know, I I think it could be in that range. I think this game will be close just because of the rivalry factor. Yeah. You know, and when when you play a rivalry game, you can throw the records out. I'm, I'm going to be different since you went under. I'm going to say they cover the 15, but um, we'll we'll see on this game. I'm trying to catch up on you, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next game um, that we're going to talk about is Purdue at Syracuse. Um, and this game is interesting. Syracuse has played well. It's actually a pick em, It's actually a pick'em game. Yeah, it, it is it is a pick 'em game. Um, this one is, and Purdue, of course, lost at home the first week against Penn State um, on that Thursday night, uh, September first, the op- kind of the opening night. Um, and uh, Syracuse has played pretty good. Won two ball games. Won one last week, pretty big. Um, and I'm gonna hear what you think about this game. Um, they got a fantastic running back in Sean Tucker. Um, but the biggest surprise has been Garrett Schrader. He's hitting on 79% of his passes. He's thrown for 529 yards and five scores and wins over Louisville and UConn. Um, the orange are balanced. Um, they, they've not, they've not turned the ball over yet. Um, so, you know, and their defense is, is decent. It's it's their secondary that I'm worried about in this game. Um, they need they need to get enough of a pass rush to bother O'Connell um, because if not, O'Connell can pick them apart. Um, but my question is this: How good is Syracuse? Um, you know they they beat Louisville, which I thought was kind of a surprise. Then they beat UConn, which UConn's always they've not had a real good team lately. Um, I think this game will indicate we'll find out how good Syracuse truly is. Well, um, you could almost say the same for Purdue as well. Purdue, Purdue, Purdue as well. Um, I'm not sure who to pick in this game. Um, I think this game will come down to the final final drives. Um, I think it'll come down to a field goal type game. Um, you know, the Carrier Dome. Um, I feel like this is a big game really for Syracuse to punch their ticket at being a top team in the ACC. Um, you know, they, they win this game. Um, I'm, I think it's ACC, am I right? Yeah, they are. It's, yeah, they're in the ACC, yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is a big indicator of how far they'll go in the ACC. Um, you know, if they win this game, then you got to consider that 
with our preseason predictions, we, we kind of got them off, off balance because early in the year I picked Purdue to win this football game. But after watching Syracuse the last two games, um, I feel like this is a really good football team. And I'm kind of there with you on this one, John, because we both, I, we both were pretty kind of high on the, on Purdue. We was, and and I feel like this is this is a better Syracuse team than I thought. They're playing high right now for their coach. Um, I feel like he was on the hot seat coming into the season. Um, and a win like this over a really good Purdue team, um, could do wonders for this program. And I think you know the Carrier Dome will be rocking. Um, there'll be a lot of energy in there. Um, so this, this is one game to watch. So I, I'm not really going to pick a winner. Um, I, I'm just going to s- s- say it comes down to a, to a field goal or touchdown win by, by either one. I don't, I don't really want to say, I don't really know who to pick in this game because it's, it's that intriguing. Well, so, you know, my thing with Purdue, um, Purdue has a heck of an offense. They do, yeah. They're just they just struggle a little bit on defense. Mm-hmm. And Syracuse's strong point is offense. You know, so and it's at home. It's at the Carrier Dome. They have a really good quarterback or a quarterback that's been playing really good, um, and they have one of the top running backs in the ACC. Um, I mean, he could wind up being the top rusher in the ACC. It just depends. And, yes, it is ACC. It kind of sounds funny to put Syracuse in the ACC, but that is where they are now. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against what I had said about Purdue. You know, I thought Purdue would would show up the first game at home against Penn State and and make a statement and show that they were better and they didn't really do that and <laughs> and I'm you know they gave up the game winning drive their defense couldn't stop them um you know and I think Syracuse has got a pretty good offense and it's at home so I'm going to go with Syracuse the, the biggest thing in this game is Syracuse's secondary um they need to make some plays, have a turnover here or there, because um, teams been able to move the football against their secondary. So it's going to come down to O'Connell's arm, and if it, I feel like if it comes down to O'Connell's arm, I think Purdue wins this. But either way, it's going to it's going to be a really good football game. All right, so I'm going to go with the pick, and you're not. So we're, we'll go on to the next one. Our next game we're going to talk about, and it seems like this 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 team plays somebody pushed out every single week. Uh, BYU is at Oregon, um, and it is a three and a half point favorite for Oregon at home. And we'll we'll go with that and see what you think about this. This 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 game's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, there's going to be a lot of scoring. Um, BYU just beat Baylor in double overtime last week. Um, Oregon's defense needs to come up with some big plays and stops in this game. Their first game, they got shredded by Georgia. Yep. And and even in the second game where they played Eastern Washington, they gave up a few big plays. You know, 
they need to show the nation that this is Oregon football Saturday. Um, you know, because you're you're facing a talented and physical BYU team. Um, I think you know, I think Dan Lang. I have the offense reared up. I think I'll have the defense reared up. But you know, the thing about it is this: this is not just a knock me over BYU football team. This is a good. This is a good football team it that has an opportunity. That has a real good opportunity to knock off the the playoff party if if they get to that point because they have they have talent at almost every position. I, I'm a big fan of the quarterback for BYU. Um, so this is going to be an exciting matchup with two very talented teams. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I think. Oregon wins this game. I think they'll win it by 10. Um, but they will be tested by quarterback Jaron Hall. He's thrown for 522 yards and three touchdowns. And this is something – this is another guy to watch. Chase Roberts, he's racked up 11 catches for 163 yards and a touchdown through two weeks. Right. So the, they're going to have their hands full, Oregon, even at home. Um, this, this is not a – this is not a slouch team that they're playing in BYU. No, absolutely not. I mean, BYU beat Baylor last week, and I'm pretty sure they moved up to 12th in the poll this week, didn't they? They Yeah, they did. They're 12th. Yeah, yeah. and Oregon dropped down to 25th, right? Uh, I believe it's so. Yeah, it was, tw- it was 25th. I believe Oregon's 25th this week. So the interesting thing about this game, this game – was scheduled all the way back in 2015. Okay? Yeah. All right. And Oregon is paying. This is one of those that, like, you pay, like, for the Sun Belt and you pay them or whatever to come. Oregon is paying BYU $1.1 million to come to their house Saturday. And they outranked them. That's crazy. (laughs) Isn't that nuts? I mean, honestly, I saw that and I was like, no way. So BYU back then, I mean, you know, they were, you know, I mean, they've always, they've had some good runs and stuff in the 80s and 90s. And, and, uh, you know, um, Steve Young was there. So, I mean, they've had some good runs. Don't get me wrong. They have. Jim McMahon. Yeah. You know. But BYU has not had one of those pay games like that since 2015. Mm-hmm. And, and Oregon scheduled this game over seven years ago, and they are paying the the higher-ranked team to come <laughs> into their house. That's pretty wild, isn't it? $1.1 million. Anyway, so, all right, I – in the preseason stuff, I've been pretty high on BYU. Um, I picked them as one of my sleeper teams this year. They do have a couple of really good wide receivers. They also have some really good tight ends as well that that Hall throws to. Um, you know, and this is a this is a good team. And I went against my brain last week and picked Baylor um, against them. And, you know, they pulled it out in overtime and, and beat Baylor at home last week. 
And I haven't been all that impressed with Oregon. I mean, you know, they 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 basically didn't show up for the Georgia game. Um, they they had a hard time first game of the year. Yeah, I mean, they, they basically any, didn't any show game, up. Any team usually struggles in the first of the year, but that was a really bad struggling game. Yeah, you know, and, you know, this is going to be their next decent game to play, you know. It is at home. Um, you know, I'm sure they're going to play better than they did against Georgia. I'm not saying it's going to be that bad, but mm-hmm. you know, as as bad as I hate to say it, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with BYU. I went against them last week, and I believe this is one where I said um, I'm going with my brain instead of my emotions um, on this one, and it wound up kind of biting me. So I'm gonna pick BYU in this game. And then we're, we're on gonna, different we're on different sides of the spectrum this time. Yeah, so you know, one of us has got to gain some ground. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So our next game, uh, we're gonna go to uh, Auburn. We're gonna go. Penn State comes to Auburn mm-hmm. uh, to play a pretty big game, I believe, for both of these teams. Um, let me say this. This is one of those games that is really difficult to pick. And I'll tell you why, because I'm not sold on Auburn offensively, um, outside of the run game. Um, I also have questions about Penn State, especially stopping the run. So, you know, Penn State's a, a two and a half point favorite at Auburn. I think the Tigers are getting more respect than they deserve playing at home, though. I mean, it's two and a half points. Um, I, I'm just not sold on T.J. Finley. Um, I think Penn State's a better football team, um, and I just think they're better on both sides of the football. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Penn State. I think they'll stay unbeaten, and I think they'll cover the three points, and they'll win this game. Yeah, this is one of those games. I'm I'm not sold on Auburn either. I'm not. I've, I haven't been sold on T.J. Finley. I just don't think that he is the answer. They do have a young guy um, that um, a couple of friends of mine that are Auburn fans is kind of screaming to go into the game. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, and they, um, you know. <sighs> They're wanting him to come off the bench and come into the game, and they think he gives them the best chance, you know, offensively. And Harrison so far has been sticking with T.J. Finley. And we'll see how this game goes because if he sticks with Finley and Penn State comes in there and and beats them 10, 12, 15 points, there's, there's going to be a swell of people start calling for Harrison's job and by say start, I mean, some of them already are, but you know, it's going to grow. Um, so, you know, it's Auburn doesn't take losing and and very well. And of course, I mean, Penn state doesn't either. Um, but going into their house, um, I I got a feeling that Auburn fans are not going to be happy with the outcome of this game because I'm going to pick Penn state in this game and cover two and a half as well. It's one of those games I just think 
I I have to see that Auburn is going to show up and prove that they are still Auburn. If you get what I'm saying, I get what you mean. Yeah, I I, I felt the same way pretty much all year because you know you look at them last week, they even struggled to put away San Jose State, and you know Penn State's a lot better team than San Jose State, right. and you do the things that you did last week against you know Penn State. You're not going to come away from win. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right, so this next game, this is a this is a game that we're going to talk about. That's, you know, you don't see too many SEC teams go to and play at a place like Northern Illinois, um, but Vandy is going to Northern Illinois. Um, who is a Mac school who's predicted to possibly win the Mac preseason. Um, and this game actually opened as Northern Illinois, a slight favorite. Now, as of yesterday, when I looked, they had bet it to where Vandy was now a two and a half point favorite. Have you looked at it today? What the line is? It's, I think it's um, three now. For Vandy? No, for Northern Illinois. For Northern Illinois? Yeah. The last, the last, I, the last I looked. So they're favored by three at home? Um, no, it's two, Northern Illinois. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we'll go with that. So Northern Illinois is favored by two over Vandy at home. So what do you think about this game? Um, Vanderbilt's rush defense is going to have to be a lot better. Um, you know, they're, the Huskies have only turned the ball over, I think, once so far. Um, they've had some penalty problems. Um, third downs have been a huge problem. Um, but their, their defense is making plays. Um, Northern Illinois. So you're going to have to make Vandy throw the ball, force turnovers. And if they do that, Northern Illinois has a shot to pull this off. Um, you know, Vanderbilt isn't going to throw it around the yard. You know how, you know, the first couple, you know, they're just going to do their own little thing, like the ground attack. They're just going to be balanced. Um, and neither team's going to be, you know, they're not going to do anything spectacular, but one of them's going to have to come up for play or, or two to win this football game. Um, but I think being at home will make a big difference. Um, and I think Northern Illinois um, wins this football game. And that's not going against the SEC. It's not going against Vanderbilt. I just think Northern Illinois has a better football team. Um, Vanderbilt's just – they're still in a rebuild process. And it's going to take Clark Lee quite a bit of time to, to get to where he wants to be, especially with how the SEC is growing as it is right now. I agree with that 100%. I mean, you know, Vandy, here's here's my thing with, with this game. Northern Illinois is a decent team, and, you know, playing at home, getting Vandy to come to their home, their house is, is a big deal for them. So they're going to be up for this game. Um, this game's going to come down, you know, the first two weeks, Mike White played pretty well. Um, he did for the quarterback, the quarterback for Vandy. 
but you got to consider the, the opposition. Right. You know, you you was playing team like Hawaii and Elon, and right. and you know, oh, yeah, you're going absolutely. up against you're going up so against then, better opponents. Yeah. So then last week they play Wake Forest, who is a ranked team, um, and you know Wake Forest went into Vandy, and you know beat them twenty points. I think they were up a little bit more than that. Vandy scored some points, but at the towards the end. But my point was is they they took. Mike White out of that game. Yeah, yeah. You know, he wasn't, he didn't perform all that well in that game last week. And they put the backup in. And I think the backup, if I read it right, I think the backup had two scoring drives. I believe he did, yeah. Yeah, I think he had two scoring drives. So, you know, um, it, it, here's my thing with this game. They're going to go as, as Mike White goes. If Mike White can go in to a max school and, and play a good game, then I think Vandy's got a shot at this game. If Mike White comes in and doesn't play a good game, um, then I don't think Vandy has – I mean, I, I, I honestly think that Northern Illinois will probably win by 10 or 14 if Mike White doesn't play a good game. So, you know, that's, my, that's been my feeling all week, you know, so, you know, there that that's where I'm at with this game. This game is extremely hard to pick. My brain says that there's no way an SEC school is going to go to northern Illinois and lose. Um, You know, but at the same time. I also sit and look at it, and I'm like, you know what? I, you know, I I believe Northern Illinois has got a shot in this game, and if the spread's only two points, gosh, it's awfully hard to pick against Vandy. But I, you know, um, I, I guess I I think I'm going to go with Northern Illinois. I just don't trust Vandy enough. I don't either, especially. You know, after the the way they played last week against Wake Forest, they they got exposed quite a bit, right. especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I just don't trust Vandy enough yet. So if they can win this game and go to three and one and look halfway decent at winning it, well, maybe um, I'll give them a chance at winning an SEC game this year. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> You're in a little hope, ain't you? <laughs> maybe maybe i yeah. said i said maybe so we'll see <laughs> all right speaking of sec our next game is mississippi state at lsu um i think last, this is the game i think this is the game of the week in my opinion i mean at the last i seen yesterday they had put mississippi state as a one-point favorite have you looked at the line today i think this? it's i think it's like two and a half something like that mississippi state yeah. Um, and this game is at Death Valley. I mean, this is at LSU. Um, I'm going to tell you why I don't have a lot of faith in LSU in this game is because the way they got carved up against Florida State. Um, and they're going up against a better quarterback, too, Will Rogers. Um, I, I think Mississippi State's the better team. You know, they're going to throw for a lot of yards. They're going to throw a lot at you defensively. Um, they'll throw the kitchen sink at you because that's just what Mike Leach does. Um, 
and Death Valley ain't Death Valley yet. You know, not at least not with Brian Kelly yet. And I think, you know, the last time Leach was there, he won. Um, and I think this squad has a, has a, they're on a mission. And, you know, I think there's, there's several games that I'm looking at this week that I'm interested in. This is one of them. I think Mississippi State, or not Mississippi State, LSU will, will keep this close. But I trust Will Rogers more than I do Jaden Daniels. And I think Mississippi State wins a great football game. Um, I believe they win this game seven points. Well, this um, would be an absolute monster of a win for Mississippi State. For my oh, they, they, it definitely will, especially you know three and zero, and then they got some matchups with Georgia and Kentucky coming. So, you know the the top two in the in the SEC East. So Mississippi State has a lot to prove this year. I think they got a better football team than they had a year ago. And I think they go into Baton Rouge and they win this football game. Now, now I could be wrong, you know, and, you know, LSU could come out and, and win this football game at ease. We've seen that in the past in this type matchup because LSU-Mississippi State's always been a good football game. Every time they played, it's always been close. So, but this week, I, I'm just going to take Will Rogers. I trust him a lot more. He's consistent. And I think they win this football game by at least seven points. All right, so you know in our preseason pick em, our preseason SEC conference thing, I wasn't really all that high on Mississippi State. I, I wouldn't either. I mean, I, I picked them to win seven, eight games. Yeah, but you know, uh, I, after watching them, I feel like they got a better team than people have have given them, in the, in the, especially in the post. Mississippi State should be at least ranked 25th or 24th, in my I'm opinion. I'm going to tell you where I'm turning because – Mississippi State, the last couple of years, I mean, with Leach and with Will Rogers, um, you know, they've they've had a great offense. Um, it's the defense, and you know, Leach has put together. He's he's got one of those oddball defense that they run, and you would you, you know, it kind of goes with Mike Leach, to be honest with you. It does. Um, you know, they don't run the normal three four or four three. Um, they run like a, is it a five, two, five or something like that? Yeah, It's very odd. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, they, they run an odd defense, but I'm going to tell you right now, um, it's been, they've been doing really well. Um, their, their coordinator has, has got these boys, um, uh, playing some ball now and, you know, that's the difference that I see that I wasn't expecting so far. Now, we're only two games into the season, uh, you know, but looking at what LSU's done and looking at what Mississippi State has done, I'm kind of with you on this one. I'm kind of leaning towards Mississippi State in this game. Um, And, you know, if that happens, there's going to be – some screaming people about Brian Kelly in in LSU if they start out one and two. Yeah, it's going to be it's not going to be good because that's a football state. Yeah, I mean they don't they don't they don't take losing very lightly. I mean, they, they won the championship and then you know um, fifteen games later fired fired Ed Ed Argeron. Argeron, yeah, you know they fired him after he won a championship. 
yeah. less than two years later, a season, a season and a half later. Um, so, you know, they don't put up with that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a big game for LSU. It definitely as, is. As well. I mean, it's a big game for Mississippi State. It's, it's for, it's big for both teams, really. Yeah. I mean, it is. Um, but I mean, I don't think Brian Kelly's job is on the line or nothing just yet, but they're not going to be happy. I can tell you that. So anyways, I'm going to go with Mississippi State in this game as well. And we'll go on to the next. The next one, um, Texas Tech um, is going to go to NC State. And North Carolina State is favored by eight, the last I had seen. Um, and like I said, this game is at home for them, for the Wolves. Yeah, I don't – I'll tell you, this is what um, I feel in this game is I don't trust – Texas Tech's defense enough to win this football game. Um, Donovan Smith is a really good quarterback for Texas Tech. Um, if he takes care of the football, though, unlike what he did last week against Houston, you know, even in the win, you know, Texas Tech's going to score some points and they'll stay in this football game. Um, you know, but they, but they got a better team that they're facing offensively, too, in Devin Leary. So the Red Raiders have a – their secondary is their strength. It's their front four that I'm worried about. And I think if you don't get some pressure on NC State, Devin Leary will pick them apart. And, you know, I, I don't think Texas Tech will have enough firepower to win this game. Um, I like the Wolf Pack in this game. But I think they'll cover the spread, and it'll be a – I guess in the eight nine range. Um, I think it's going to be a dog fight, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't be shocked in the least if Texas Tech ended up winning this game either. So um, this is one game that a lot of people is not really talking about, to be honest. And you know, a win by Texas Tech, they'll be what three and zero. This could propel them possibly into the top twenty five. So, and, and another thing. Joy, Joy McGuire, the head coach for Texas Tech, is the first Texas Tech coaching program history to start 2-0 and in his tenure. And he's just now coming over an overtime upset over Houston. So there's a lot to be excited about at Texas Tech. So um, this weekend is a big challenge for Texas Tech to see where they're at. I'm going to start this out by you talking about their overtime win against Houston last week. That game was at home. Um, Texas Tech was favored in that game um, by like two or three points. It wasn't a lot, but they were favored in that game. And the fans stormed the field after the game, tore down the goal poles and goal posts and everything. What is up with that? Yeah, I, I mean, it's still a big win. It's still a big win for them, though. I mean, come on, it was Houston. I mean. Yes, they were ranked 24th, but um, and it was at home. You were favored in the game. I mm-hmm. mean, um, act like you've been there before. Or something. I mean, that's all. I'm yeah, I, it was kind of it was kind of different. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> to go with that, I mean, Texas Tech, I think, um, is you know they got their new coach and you know they're playing well. I'm not going to say that they're not playing well, but I think NC State is 
a team that could possibly win the ACC. I think they're going to challenge um, Clemson, and you know I think they have a chance of winning the ACC. I don't, you know, a game at home against Texas Tech. While I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, um, I expect NC State to cover this eight-point spread. Maybe it's a 10 to 14-point win, something like that, and uh, to win fairly comfortably at home um, and and continue their season and possibly make some noise in the ACC. That's where I'm going to go. So our next game that we're going to talk about is a pick 'em game. Um, yeah, this this is a game is very underrated. Oh yeah, this game um, it's not getting the love that we we think it's getting. No. And you know, Michigan State and Washington, um you know, I like what Michigan State has done bringing in some of the transfers, but I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm going to go on a limb this weekend. And I'm just going to have I'm going to get Washington with the upset. I think they're going to win this football game, and I think they're going to jump into the top 25. Um, you know, the Spartans are – their pass defense is a lot better, um, but they're they're going up against a guy in Michael Penix, um, I think, for Washington. Um, so – you know, I, I this is a game that could go either way, to be honest. But I, I'm going to pick Washington. I think they'll win by a field goal. Um, so you got the Huskies at home, huh? Yeah, and I, I think you know they're going to they're going to have some struggles, especially against a good quarterback in Penix. You know, transfer from Indiana. Um, he's at Washington now, um, and I think this is going to be a a struggle for Michigan State this week. Well, you know, it's an interesting game for Michigan State to go to Washington, I think. And he's had, and if you recall, he's had a lot of success against Michigan State in the past. Right. Yeah, he he did. Um, you're right. You know, I think this is going to be a tough game for Michigan State to go to Washington um, and you know, try to compete at their house. The they're 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 going to be rowdy out there. I mean, Washington loves their football. Uh, and you know, it's a it's a seven thirty kickoff. You know, it's a I think it's on ABC. Um, so a lot of America is going to be watching this football game. And you know, a win like this over ranked number eleventh team in the country like Michigan State would do wonders for that program. You know, I don't know if I'm ready to say Washington wins this game. You know, I, you would think that Michigan State could go in there and handle it and maybe win this game. I, at least I think so. Um, but, you know, I could be wrong. It's it's not going to be an easy place to play. And I think this is one of those games that could go either way. I mean, that's why it's a pick em game. Um, I'm I'm going to go with Miss, Miss, uh, with Michigan State in this game. Even though, you know, it is a pick'em game and it could go either way. So our next game is going to be interesting to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's this is one that we had discussed earlier in the week. Yeah, this one's going to be interesting to talk about just because of the game itself. 
It's yeah. Nevada, it's it's Nevada at Iowa. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know. You tell me what you see the spread is because I got the spread at about twenty one for Iowa, but it had been bet a certain way. So, what's the spread on this game? It's twenty four now. Twenty four points. I just well, here's my thing. Iowa is favored by what more than three touchdowns, right? And they've only found the end zone once. Once. <laughs> in two games. In two games. I mean, that's a whole lot of safeties. And <laughs> and they're facing a team in Nevada that's coming off a loss to incarcerate work. Um you know, if they can't get going this if offense can't get it going against a team like Nevada, that's not going to spread cheer around Iowa for the rest of the year. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just. So I seen today, just, just so you know, their quarterback, (laughs) I just got (laughs) to say this, their quarterback has a quarterback rating, the QBR rating of 3.4. Yeah, it's not good. It, it's, you know, it, I mean, that's, I could, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm 48 years old, soon to be. I, I'm almost sure I could do 3.4. Here, here's an interesting stat. <laughs> Iowa ranks last in the nation in total offense, 158 yards per game, 2.8 yards per play, sitting 74.5 yards per game behind the next worst team, which is Colorado State. And so does, so does Iowa even score 24 points? This is a get well game, in my opinion. That's my thing. I mean, they've, they, they, they need, they need to figure, I need to figure it out, win this football game and move into the Big Ten play and, and do some things, you know, because letting a team like Nevada hang around, um, you know, to the fourth quarter is not a good sign for for future games down the road for Iowa. And, you know, the Iowa offense has been hurting too. You know, they had their um, starting running back, Gavin Williams. Um, he missed week one, I think. And they had Nico Regani and Keegan Johnson. Um, they'll, they'll see their first action of the year. So hopefully this offense will get some of, you know, a couple of their playmakers back. Um, their defense is going to do what they do. Their defense is really good. Um, and Nevada is not real good. And I'll be honest with you, you lose to a team like Incarcerate Word, you got to be pretty, got to be pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, Nevada's so they're, they're going to need to get it. They need to get it together this weekend. Um, and Iowa needs to just take, take charge early in the game and put this game away because like I said, if, if they keep this game within, a couple points like they did the first couple games, you know, it's it's not a good omen for the rest of the year. So they're going to put this game away and beat them 17 nothing. Is that what you're saying? I think – I don't even think they cover the 24. Maybe I'm wrong um, or go beyond the 24. But, you know, I don't – I don't know. This is one of them games that I just don't have any idea about because the point spread – you know, after watching them the last two weeks, I'm just surprised that it's this high. And, <laughs> it, it you know, with the offense me. struggling the way it is. 
I mean, this point spread baffles me, honestly. It's kind of funny. So I, I think they'll win this game, but it it won't be it won't be the prettiest of games, but they'll get the job done and they'll win it. Are they uh, covering the spread? I don't know. I, I think they I, do. I, I'm that's what I'm going to say. As much I think as they I do, made, because Nevada is not a real good football team. So as much as I have made fun of this point spread, and you know me, and you talked about this a couple of days ago, and. I've been kind of laughing about this point spread all week long <clears throat> since it came out. But, gosh, Nevada's such a terrible team. You know, surely to goodness they will find some offense in this game and and win this game by 28 to 3 or something, you know? Mm. Uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that they're going to cover even though – I have laughed at this point spread most of the week. <laughs> All right, so our our last game that we're going to pick um it's is, the it's the game of the night on ESPN. Yeah, it's Miami at Texas A&M and everybody in the country knows what happened to Texas A&M last week and they are at home and still favored. I've got it at six and a half points over Miami at home. What say you about Texas A&M? The biggest issue is quarterback play. You know, Haynes King threw, listen, these stats are mind-boggling, to be honest. He threw for 97 yards with no touchdowns and had a quarterback rating of 21.3. And no receiver got to 50 yards in the air. What happened to Aeneas Smith? He he has a good. I think King has a good enough arm um, to do things. My thing is, a lot of it's the offensive line. They're not giving him. That's their star wide receiver, and and they're not giving him enough time to to make plays. You know, when Jimbo Fisher, you know, he he makes a bunch of money. He he he's he needs to fix this. Because if it don't get any better, you're going to struggle against teams, you know, like Alabama and the LSUs. You're you're not, and then you're you're possibly going to have maybe a quarterback controversy, and you're going to have the fans, um, you know, on on his back, and you know, and the Miami quarterback is different. You know, he's he's working in that system that. Josh Gaddis has the OC for Miami. He's a really good offensive coordinator. He's 73% on his passes. Um, so Miami can spread things out against you and they, and they run the football well too. Um, Henry Parrish and Thaddeus Franklin have 17 touchdowns between the two and the backfield's really good. So the Aggies are going to be tested this week and, and the Aggies will test Miami. Um, they haven't been tested in the back seven so far. And they had some weaknesses last year. Um, and they haven't faced wide receivers like Texas A&M's either. So this is a game that Texas A&M needs to get it together offensively. Um, I think there's too many good pieces on this Texas A&M team to do what they've not done. You know, they got the receivers. They got the backs. Um, the line is there. It's just quarterback play. 
And could this be where we see a change from Jimbo Fisher? And if it starts to get, you know, say Miami goes up 14 nothing, 17-3, does, does he change quarterbacks? Well, I would think so. That's just my opinion. Because if you, if you let this game get out of hand, you know, Texas A&M fans are not going to be happy. And they're, they're still not. They're not happy right now. They're, they're wanting to change. They're wanting things to change at the quarterback position. And I don't think Haynes King's a bad quarterback. He's just inconsistent. And at the end of the day, though, I still think Texas A&M wins this football game. Uh, Miami's still in the learning curve, you know, being, being ranked, um, you know, having the new coach and crystal ball. So I think this is a, this is a game that Texas A&M takes care of, but it won't come easy. It'll, it'll be a close game. And I got Texas A&M. I say they'll win this game by three, three, three points. All right. So here's my thing with Texas A&M and this game. Um, you know, Miami's ranked. Um, 13th. Yeah. You know, and, and A&M's fell to 24th, I think. Yeah, they're 24th. Yeah. Yeah. I think they fell to 24th after the, debacle of a showing that they had last week against Appalachian State. And I do mean debacle of a showing. Um, he was talking about some stats, so I'm going to give you a couple of stats. Um, <clears throat> Appalachian State ran 82 offensive plays. Texas A&M ran 38. 38 offensive plays in that game. They only had a they only had a hundred and eighty six total yards, and only had eighteen minutes and change of possession on the offensive side of the ball in that game. I mean, that's about as nil of an offensive performance as you could possibly have against a team in the Sun Belt. Okay, now I'm going to give Appalachian State all the credit in the world because. They come in there and had a game plan and executed it perfectly. Um, and But here's my thing. It's time. Jimbo Fisher, I'm calling you out, man. It is time to give Max Johnson a shot in this game. Um, if Hayes King comes out and, and looks anything remotely like he has looked like the first two series in this game, you have got to get Max Johnson off the bench and warm him up. I mean, there's just no way around it whatsoever. Um, Jimbo Fisher's job, it, I, you know, he's still owed tons and everything else. And, College and, football. Joining me. And people are going to say that, that, you know, they can't fire him and everything else. But I'm going to tell you right now. After the showing that they had last week and the expectations that has been on Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M because of the recruiting and stuff that he's done, you just simply can't have what happened last week. It just simply can't happen. You know, Appalachian State, you know, they like you said, they they had a game plan. They they ran the football, um, you know. Bryce made some plays that he needed to make when he needed to make them, and they just outplayed them. 
They just went into. Yeah, but that's Kyle Field at Texas A&M with Texas A&M had 56 players that are ranked four or five star players on their roster. Appalachian State had one. One. It don't always it don't always muster a win though. <laughs> just because I'm just you, telling you. Just because you got four and five stars does you not mean about, you talking about one embarrassing I'm gonna go ahead butt whooping at home. That's what happened to Texas A and M last week. It did, yeah. Um, you know, and that just simply can't happen. He, he, they cannot let, after what happened last week, if Hayes King comes out and looks anything remotely close to the way he's played the last two weeks and Miami takes a 10-3 to lead or something early in this game, you absolutely have to get Max Johnson in this game. There's or at least warm him up and see if they can, you know, Give the There's fans no other way around it. It has to happen. You know, I, I after seeing what they did last week, I, I just, I mean, I honestly, I cannot pick them. I just can't pick them. I, honestly, I, I cannot faithfully pick Texas A&M to do anything and win this game. Um, they're going to have to show me, and Jimbo Fisher is going to have to show me that he can be a coach, a football coach. And I'm sorry, I know that he's won a title, and I know he's got way more accolades than I do, but that was one sorry of a showing for a football team last week. And that's all. I mean, I Brad, just, Brad's calling it out this week. <laughs> I just can't pick them. I'm serious. I cannot pick Texas A&M after that. So, all right. You know, I'm 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 gonna throw a bonus in here. I was I was I was gonna do that myself. I'm gonna throw a bonus in here that I didn't tell you about. We're not we're not we're not gonna do this as far as our pickums and do the point spreads or nothing like that. But I want to talk about Cal going to Notre Dame. That that's what I was getting ready to say. Yeah, I want to talk you about re- Cal. You read my mind. I want to talk about Cal two and zero going to Notre Dame who is 0-2 and also got upset last week by a Sunbelt team at home. Um, and now Cal is coming in. California is coming in. And, you know, Notre Dame's new coach is the only coach in their entire history who has started 0-3. And, and I say 0-3 because he lost the bowl game in January as well, last year. And, you know, before last weekend's loss to Marshall, Notre Dame had only had three scoring drives in its first six quarters. Yeah, their offense has been nil. And, 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 and on top of that, they lost their quarterback last week. And are they going- did, and, and, and they're going with um, – Drew Pine this week. Right, and they're going with their backup quarterback this week with Cal coming to town, who has not been stellar, but, I mean, they've won two games, and, you know, does... They're, right now, their opponents are only 8 for 30 on third downs against the Bears, so their defense is pretty good. But they're giving up a lot of passing yards. 
224 passing yards per game. So if this is a game Notre Dame wants to do and get get their offense together, this is a game to do it. But they're going to have to score on the drives that they get against California and clean up this ball security stuff because they had five turnovers in the loss to Marshall. And that is that is inexplicably bad against the Sun Belt team when you're supposed to be Division One and Power Five. I mean, absolutely. That's the reason why I wanted it's, to throw this in as a bonus. I, I don't think they have a new coach. They do. You know, and their new coach, the the whole team basically pulled for. They he he has been doing a good job on the recruiting trail so far. Um, and they got a great tight end in Michael Mayer. But you here's know, the thing. If, you know, is all this fixing to fall apart just because of the way they've started? I think it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a couple things. You know, the offense ain't really playing well. The, you know, they're, they're making mistakes, you know, with the turnovers. You know, they're, they're just not doing, they're just not consistent. Um, you know, what's this really disheartening about this Notre Dame team is they're the, just the third AP top 10, top five team since 2000 to lose their first two games of the year. Yeah. With, with Marcus Freeman. Right. And like I said, this is, he actually lost his first three games because he lost the bowl game too. Right. So he's the only Notre Dame coach ever who lost their first three games. And this is the first time that they'll have met in 55 years. Yeah. So, you know, going, having to go to his backup quarterback, um, already their offense has been nil anyway. They've struggled to score points. Yes, their first game was against Ohio State. I get that. But, uh, you know, they also played Marshall and lost. So, you know, I, I think I think Cal is – California is probably a team that is at least on the caliber of or maybe a little better than Marshall, if you get what I'm saying. But what's really hurting Notre Dame is the rush. The, you know who their leading rusher is? I have no idea. Their quarterback. 62 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> that ain't going to win you many football games, my friend. No. So, you know, I, I just wanted to throw out that game. Um, you know. Do I think Notre Dame wins this? Yes, I do. I think they'll, they'll improve to one and two. But. There is a lot of work to be done with this Notre Dame football team. I, I'm not saying – I'm saying beyond this weekend because listen to this schedule. This, this is what gets me. They play Notre Dame – they play North Carolina next week at North Carolina. Then they go to BYU. Who we talked about earlier. 
who we talked about earlier. Then they get a game against Stanford at home. And then they go on the road to Syracuse, play Clemson at Navy, and then at the end of the year they play at USC. Right. So, so I, I'll be honest with you. If they lose this game, they'll be lucky to even make a bowl game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that that you're right. I mean, this game this week against California at home is an absolute monster of a game for their season. And Notre Dame never, I mean, says, are we going to make a bowl? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just not something that is is said too many times. You know they had they had the rough team with Willingham a few years back, um, when they had that back was it the early two thousands they didn't really have the best team and then they went down a little bit at times with Charlie Weiss but overall Notre Dame's really had a a solid program every single year and this is uncharted territory for Notre Dame because they're used to a New Year's Six Bowl going to the playoffs and now they're stuck in a rut they're owing to their fan base is they don't know what to expect and they're and they're just they're they're searching for a win and they need to get a feel good win this weekend you know they need to they need to take care of business you know make sure that they're they're on their p's and q's um I think, like I said, I think they win this football game, but next week don't get no easier. I mean, they play a team in North Carolina that's not real good defensively, but North Carolina can score. Yep. And, you know, does Notre Dame have the offense to keep up with North Carolina next week? That's a good question. And that, but that, that's, that, that's another question for next week. But right now Notre Dame just needs to focus on what's at hand, and they got California, and, you know, get this fan base – Give them a little hope and get them a win. Because last week they looked like they hadn't, like they had seen a ghost. I was watching it and the Gilmore, his, his brother plays in the NFL, Stephon Gilmore. And he picked it off and they, they went in to, to put the game away and the fans acted like they hadn't, they just looked like they had seen 20 ghosts that had just run right into, uh, well, I mean, they, it's just Bend. not something that happens much. I mean, you it know, don't ha- it don't happen at North right. Notre Dame. No. Yeah, I mean, it's just not something that happens. So, I mean, they were in utter shock. Yeah, as a fan base, you you get like that when something like that happens. Right. I just wanted to bring the game up as a bonus. Um, it's it, fine. I, 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 that's what I was going for. It's an important it's an important game for Notre Dame, um, and and you know for Marcus Freeman. So. Um, We'll end it with that, unless there's another game that you wanted to talk about. Um, there's not really any other game. There's a there's one at noon that kind of sparks my interest. Western Kentucky going to Indiana. Um, Indiana's only a six and a half point favorite. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Western Kentucky gave Indiana a really good football game. They did last year. They played last year, and it was a back and forth game i want to say it went into overtime but i can't remember it didn't it maybe didn't but it was like a three-point game i think i'll be honest with you um you know they struggled to put away out of the hole last week indiana um you know they they couldn't run against illinois 
Um, so, and Western Kentucky has enough of an offense to provide a pressure situation. But, yeah, you know, Kentucky I think. He has an offense. It's the defense. They do. It, yeah. it's, it's the defense that I think wears down. And Indiana ends up winning this football game. But that was that was the other game that I had kind of marked. I mean, there's this week ain't really filled up with a lot of really great games. There's just a few underrated games. Um, maybe you could look at Ole Miss and Georgia Tech, which Georgia Tech is an underdog by, by 17. Um, you got um, Troy and Appalachian State, um, which college game days at App State this week. Um, after their big win, and I'll, we'll find out about Kansas this weekend. Um, they play at Houston, and what's funny is Houston's only an eight and a half point favorite. Right. And wouldn't that be the icing on the cake if Kansas went into Houston and beat Houston? Well, I mean, go three and zero. Yeah, they that, that would be. Uh, they pulled out they, the upset last week against West Virginia. So, you know. And the, and there's one more game that I kind of have my eye on. It, it, it's it's scary for them. It's Pittsburgh at Western Michigan. You know, Pittsburgh's coming off an emotional loss to Tennessee. Western Michigan in the past has given teams some problems. Um, you know, they had the, the coach, um, P.J. Fleck, for quite a while there. So... This is a game that I wouldn't I wouldn't sleepwalk in if I was Pittsburgh. Plus, it's a night game, um, and there's not many times that Western Michigan is going to have a big time school come to this place, so that place will be a rocking. Um, and then you got South Florida and Florida, which I think Florida will bounce back after the loss to Kentucky last week. So. Well, South Florida's not very good against. They're the, not, and and well, Anthony. They're not, very, they're not very good against the run, and that's kind of Florida's strength. So. Yeah, and I think Anthony Richardson will bounce back this week. Um, but there's one game in particular that's kind of the point spread's kind of odd. It is UTSA Texas, and Texas only eleven, I think eleven or twelve point favorite. Um. That's one of them games that we just don't know. You know, twin years is out. The quarterback, he's out for quite a while. So, and you even watched them last week when they played Alabama. They they struggle without their quarterback, and I think they'll struggle quite a bit until he he returns. Um, but their defense is impressive. Um, last week's performance against Alabama was probably top notch I've seen from Texas in quite a while. It was. I, we we talked about them last week. Texas Texas played a really good game last week. They did. They just they didn't make the plays that they should have made it. They should have made, I should say. And there was a couple of plays there where if it had went either way, they they would have won. But Bryce Young did what he had to do, and that's why he's a Heisman Trophy candidate and a Heisman Trophy winner. All right, so I think we're going to wrap this show up. We went a little long, so hopefully. Oh, we did. We we figured we'd just throw – there was just a couple games. But there's not a real big schedule, like I said, this week. Next week is when you're getting – you've got a lot of great games on next week. Right. Um, Ford and Tennessee play next week. I'm excited about that one. 
Oh, yeah, that should be a good game to watch. So we'll come back next week, and, and we'll give you an update on how we did with these pick'ems and our pools. Um, if you're a fan in one of our pools, uh, get your picks in before Saturday at noon Eastern time. Um, and we'll be on here probably – it'd be late Saturday evening. Yeah, and we'll come back um, on Saturday evening with a live stream and do kind of a post-game, post-day wrap-up um, for the primetime games and the rest of the day and talk about anything. Anybody can call in, and uh, we'll talk about just – don't, Just don't railroad us. <laughs> we'll talk about any, any game that you, uh, that you want to discuss and any upset or anything that might happen throughout the day, and uh, we'll, we'll discuss – 